stretch like a detail. The physical changes are secondary. It's the mental transformation that gets people hooked on health and fitness. Welcome to the Mental Reps Podcast, where you've come to grow your mind in order to transform your body. I'm your host, Deanna. Let's dive right in. Welcome to or welcome back to the Mental Reps Podcast. Thank you so incredibly much for choosing to tune in, choosing to take care of yourself from a mindset, a fitness, a personal development, a all-around perspective by listening to the show, implementing what you're learning, and continuing to listen every single week. I can't thank each of you enough for being here. I am your host, Deanna. For anyone who is new, I appreciate you joining in. I appreciate the support, and I'm excited for today's episode. We are going to be diving into a Q&A. And the reason I love Q&As, and honestly, I've been doing them a little bit more lately, is because I'm here, I'm chatting, I'm, I'm recording this podcast, not for me, but for each of you for the listeners, for anyone out there who needs to hear this information. And whenever I get feedback on certain topics or certain episodes, and you guys are able to actually take what I'm saying and implement it, or it was that aha moment of, you know, me explaining something that you've never really heard before, or just a different shift in perspective that just made sense. You guys have no idea how much that means to me and why I continue to show up on this platform every single week. So with question and answer, you guys ask the questions. I will provide the best of my ability, an answer that goes pretty in depth um, as far as what it is you guys are either dealing with from a fitness perspective, a nutrition question, maybe a certain phase of your journey. Now, if you want to join in on the conversation, you want to ask these questions, I will post the link to ask um, every now and then over on Instagram, on my Instagram story, which I will leave the link to my profile in today's description or you can respond to this episode as well. It'll give you a little option to give your feedback and you can go ahead and drop a question there. So diving into today's Q&A, we've got three questions, some of which pertaining to the nutrition side of things, some of which pertaining to the supplement side of things, and then just a little bit more about where I'm currently at with my fitness journey, my workout split, macros, what the heck has been going on with me. Because whether you guys realize it or not, I go through just about everything that each of you do, whether that's low motivation days, whether it's being in a rut, whether it's feeling on top of the world, followed very quickly by a terrible body image day. Like I go through a heck of a lot of all of it. And I think it's really important to be transparent. It's really important to share. And especially right now with where I'm at currently in my gut health, gut healing journey, uh, I know a lot of you are going through similar situations as well. So we'll do a little update on that. But question number one, we'll save that good stuff for later. Question number one reads, do you really need, and I love that really in there, do you really need protein shakes and bars? And I'm assuming this individual is asking as far as just overall health and progress and, you know, are they essential? And to answer that point blank period, no, you do not need protein bars, protein shakes, protein powders. You do not need any of it. And very clearly stated, if you are consuming enough of your protein from whole foods, then you don't need to supplement it because that is what a supplement is, right? We get so lost in the world of supplementation as far as like all these crazy cool flavors and this does this and this powder does that. At the end of the day, all of those things should be extremely secondary to the food that you are consuming. If your diet is shit, supplements are not going to help you reach your goals. If your diet is fantastic, you may not even need supplements, right? And I know a lot of us get very caught up in exactly what this is. So when it becomes, when it comes down to protein shakes and protein bars, if you are regularly consuming every damn day, the amount of protein you need to 
build muscle, to burn body fat, to reach whatever your desired goal is, then you can bypass on the protein bars and protein shakes. Now, the caveat to that, I personally, and myself included, do not know a lot of people who can regularly, consistent as hell, hit that protein target without a supplementation of some form, whether that's a quick protein bar when they're on the go, maybe it's a protein shake post-workout, maybe they're whipping up protein pancakes in the morning, whatever it is, you name it. I don't know a lot of people who can hit that goal without those things. Now, do you, should you rely on them? Absolutely not. A good rule of thumb that I follow, that I advise all of my clients to follow as well, and anyone really who asks me this question is no more than one supplement a day. So we are not doing the post-workout protein shake followed by the protein bar for lunch, followed by protein pancakes for dinner, protein powder, blah, blah, blah for dessert. We're not doing it. Because if that is where you're at, not only are you wrecking your stomach because nobody should be eating that much processed anything, but you're missing out on a lot of the essential amino acids that are included in real whole foods, real whole sources of protein. So know yourself, know yourself, recognize right now where you're at in your nutrition journey. If you have never, ever thought about protein before, you are very new to the whole nutrition thing. You are me a couple of years ago saying protein, like, sure, I'll have a piece of chicken for dinner, but like, that's about it. This may be a sign that we need to start one caring about protein. Protein is arguably the most important macronutrient because if you are not getting enough protein and you're going to have a very difficult time building any muscle, you're going to have a very difficult time adhering to a calorie deficit. You're going to have a very difficult time seeing any changes in your body composition. Protein is a must for everyone across the board. Now, the amount of protein that you need, that's where we start to differ a little bit. It's kind of like, you know, calories. Everybody needs calories. We need them to survive. But the amount that you need depends on you. And it's very individual. Protein is the same way. There is a general rule of thumb. If you do not know where to start, I always recommend eating about one gram, one to 1.2 grams of protein per pound of body weight. So if you weigh 120 pounds, aim to eat about 120 pounds, 120 pounds, 120 grams of protein every single day. Now, going back to what I said, know yourself. If you are tracking your food, you're logging things in and every single day you're falling short. Every single day you're shy 20 grams of protein. Every single night you're like, shit, I didn't hit it again. This could be the time we're adding in a protein supplement, whether that be a powder, a shake, a bar, whatever. Adding it in is extremely helpful because it'll get you to that 120 grams. This may be the difference between, you know, not progressing in the gym. This may be the difference in seeing actual progress in your progress photos. This may be the difference in not feeling so damn sore after you just crushed your leg day. It's essential. It is important. It should not be neglected. I neglected my protein intake because I just didn't know for years and thought, well, if I'm working this hard, of course I'm going to see changes. Like why, why would my body not change? But like, guys, it don't work like that. Okay. You can't just outwork the basic principles of human anatomy and your muscles need protein in order to repair, rebuild, and get stronger. Okay. So this is going to be essential. Now, not all proteins are created equal. So I don't want anybody shuffling out to GNC right now and just picking up the cheapest thing that's on the shelf because you will get what you pay for. I'm a firm believer in that for all aspects of life. And it's gotten me in some trouble sometimes because your girl overextends her budget from time to time because, oh, it was just really nice. You know what I mean? Like, but when it comes to what you put in your body, there should be no sacrifice. You should not just, eh, I'll just go with this. I'm sure it's fine. Meh, I'll just have this. I'm sure it's okay. Supplements in general are not FDA approved. Like they are not, they don't have to be. 
So personally speaking, I use all of my supplements from first form. And the reason I use them from first form is because they're manufactured in an FDA level three facility, which I had no idea what that meant prior to discovering first form, but basically it's like the gold standard in food manufacturing. So not only are they kind of third party tested, but they are tested and FDA approved from FDA approved parties, which to me, that matters. Me six years ago, didn't give a shit. Didn't care what I put in my body, didn't matter. It's probably the reason I'm in the pickle that I'm in right now for my gut health, but I now give a shit and I should give a shit and you should give a shit as well as far as what you are putting in your body. So that is why I personally recommend and use myself all of First Form's products because it just makes sense. I'm okay spending a couple extra dollars on protein when I actually know that what I'm putting in my body will work and I know that it is safe to put in my body and I'm not gonna explode from it. So, I mean, that's not to scare anybody. Nobody's protein powder is gonna make them explode, but I've definitely had some nightmare situations where I've been doubled over after drinking a protein shake from the gym that I just, that's what I thought I had to do. So knowing me, knowing myself, I do typically rely on probably about one, right in that good rule of thumb, about one supplement, protein supplement a day. If I'm on the go and I know I'm heading out to a coffee shop to get some work done for a couple hours, I'll grab a protein bar right? That's my one for the day. And that'll help me kind of get through, you know, a good 20, 25 grams of protein and not go get the donut at the coffee shop. It'll keep me full. It'll keep me focused. It'll prevent me from getting some excess snacks. Boom. Or my go-to, my love protein oatmeal. That has been a staple breakfast for me. We'll add a scoop of protein into my oats or I'll add a half a scoop of protein into my coffee. Very rarely, except for recently, honestly, very rarely will I drink just a protein shake. It's not that I'm against them. It's not that they don't work. I just, I like to eat my food. So like if I'm getting excess protein in, I want to make protein pancakes. I want to make protein oats. I want to do something that I can eat versus just something I can quick drink. Now, everybody's a little bit different, but I will put the protein that I recommend also linked in today's episode as well, if you guys want to give it a try. But uh, that's my, that's my go-to. But again, know yourself. If you do hit your protein every day, you are the queen of, you know, got eggs and egg whites in the morning. You're doing this big old turkey sandwich for lunch. You got another meal in there with like some chicken and rice. Dinner, you got a piece of steak and you're just like blowing it out of the park for your protein. You don't need a protein powder. You don't need a protein bar. You can have it on hand as like in case of an emergency, but you do not need it. So don't let anybody in the fitness industry tell you that this protein powder right here, you know, is the reason X, Y, Z. Like protein should be, or supplements should be a very small percentage of the reason you get the results that you do. They do help. They do push the needle forward. They are not everything, but they can be extremely valuable if you do feel like you are lacking. Question number two reads, how much caffeine is too much caffeine and why? And I love this question because again, it isn't really a supplement question, but it definitely does pertain and kind of tie in with it. Um, the fitness industry, and I blame a little bit of social media as I always do, has become a little caffeine crazed. And this isn't new. This isn't like some new trend that's going on. I mean, bodybuilding, the world of bodybuilding, all of that. I mean, caffeine, energy drinks, the they've always been around. I do think that they've gotten exponentially more popular for better or for worse. And, you know, some people way, way, way abuse them as, as anybody would for anything out there. Like there has to be a balance. So how much caffeine is too much caffeine and why? So right now, a good recommendation, um, and this was like a quick Google search that, you know, this is what the internet pulls up, but about 400 milligrams of caffeine a day um, is, is generally considered okay. And I've got pros and cons. I've got caveats to that number, but generally speaking, about 400 milligrams for healthy adults, um, which is typically amount of caffeine in about four cups of like brewed coffee. Um, now, 
I don't love that number. Will you be okay if you consume 400 milligrams of caffeine or four cups of coffee a day? Will you be okay? Yes. Over time, I'm sure you will be absolutely fine. I don't love that number because excess caffeine consumption has so much more of an impact than just I'm wired, I'm buzzed, I'm fired up. I got so much like, hmm, okay, yes. But like, let's think about this in, in realistic terms. Caffeine does a lot for your body. It's a stimulant, right? But with that, caffeine also can and will suppress your appetite. It'll negatively impact your sleep, which will then negatively impact your recovery. It can lead to increased chronic levels of cortisol, which is your stress hormone. We've got headaches. We've got anxiety. We've got dehydration. Now, that is not to say if you hit 400 milligrams or 500 milligrams of caffeine one day, you're now checking off all these boxes. That's simply ridiculous. But if you are someone who is abusing caffeine on a very regular basis because you're always tired, you're always fatigued, you're always run down, you're always low energy, that is a problem worth looking into far beyond cracking open another can of Monster, okay? Because that's not the solution. That is the short-term Band-Aid to perhaps get you through the rest of your workday until now you just consumed another 150 milligrams of caffeine and guess who still won't be able to sleep tonight? and then is still gonna be tired the next day, and then is still gonna crack open another energy drink the following day. It is such a cyclical issue that I see with, I mean, some people personally in my life, but I mean, a lot of my clients, a lot of people on social media, the world of fitness, like, again, this goes back to knowing yourself. If you are the five cups of coffee a day, got to brew a cup at 5 p.m. My, I saw my dad do this the other day when I was home. I've been home for a while just traveling and things like that, and I watched him go over to the kitchen and you know, turn on the Keurig and put his coffee mug. And I looked at my watch. I said, dad, holy shit, it's 6.30 PM. And like, he ain't brewing a decaf. I was like, what are you doing? He's like, ah, you know, my little evening cup of coffee, like made a joke of it. But I was like, sir, <laughs> why are we brewing coffee at 6.30 PM? Why do we need, cause that caffeine is like, oh, it doesn't even wake me up. And I said, there we go. That right there is the problem because we have now become so reliant on caffeine and it's become so regular in our system that we're not even feeling the effects of like, ooh, I'm awake, but your body is still dealing with having to process out all of those milligrams of caffeine. So your sleep is still fucked up. Your hormones are still getting fucked up. Your recovery is still getting fucked up and you didn't even get the benefits of feeling awake from that 6.30 PM cup of coffee. So if this is you and you are a notorious get another energy drink, grab another iced coffee, there's really no limit, I don't even feel like it does anything, that may be a sign that we've got a problem. Now, everybody processes caffeine a little bit different. There's some people who are very, very sensitive to it. Me kind of being one of them, I've never been a like crazy pre-workout, I want to itch my face off and give me 350 milligrams of caffeine in this one scoop kind of person. Never. I just, I don't do well with it. My body starts like shaking. I start sweating. Like it is not a good scene. I'm kind of the person who like, I don't need caffeine. If I choose to have it, we're doing like a cup of coffee in the morning, like donezo. Maybe an iced coffee if it's nice out and I'm vibing, you know, around 1 PM is like the latest. But even with that, I noticed like trying to go to sleep that night. I'm like, why the fuck can I not shut my brain off? I'm thinking about this and I'm planning out that and I'm having a conversation with so-and-so and then I'm tossing and I'm turning and I'm like, oh, this sucks. And the reason is not any of those things that I'm thinking about. The reason is the fact that my body is still processing out the caffeine. So how much is too much? If you are experiencing any of these symptoms or if you are someone who is using caffeine to purposely suppress your appetite, that is a red flag.
that is a situation that needs to be addressed. Caffeine is great. It's got lots of benefits to it. Who doesn't like feeling nice and awake first thing in the morning? But if we're using it for these alternate things, or if you are someone who significantly struggles with anxiety or always feeling anxious, but you're also the person who always has an energy drink glued to their right hand at all hours of the day, we need to take a look at these things. Because a lot of times we address the problem, but we don't address the root of it. So if you are someone who is chronically stressed out, right? Increased cortisol levels. You may not notice it, but you feel really, really sluggish in the mornings, right? You don't get that morning like spark of energy. That means your cortisol levels are not spiking in the morning as they should. Okay, well, why are they not doing that? Could it be that we didn't get a great night of sleep? Could it be excess caffeine use? I mean, there's a ton of things that go into it. It's not the fact that you had an extra energy drink and now you're dealing with these long-term health problems, but this over time can cause some issues. So I roughly, I mean, 400 is pushing it. Some people can do way more and that's, you know, all the power to them. That ain't me. I honestly, I think like a two, a two max kind of deal. Um, first would be like a coffee in the morning or whatever. And then if you need something midday to kind of do a little pick me up, if you're doing a workout a little later on and you want to do a little pre-workout, fine. But you should not be on a regimented caffeine every two hours type of routine coffee in the morning, then you're getting an iced coffee at, at lunch, then you're cracking open an energy drink at four because you're a little sleepy at work and then you're working out later. So we got to take a dry scoop of pre-workout, like, oof, give your body a break. You can even do like a little caffeine detox, a little caffeine cleanse, if you will. And trust me when I say the migraine you're about to have is going to be real, but it will give your body a little chance to reset and start to regulate some of the negative effects of that caffeine. And then you will be a little bit more sensitive to it so that maybe you don't need as much moving forward. Like my dad, for example, drinking all that coffee, he's very used to it. Oh, it doesn't even wake me up anymore. Like if he were to cut caffeine out for a couple of weeks and then he went back and had a morning cup of coffee, he would actually feel the awakeness of that caffeine because he's now a little bit more sensitive to it because his body almost kind of like detoxed from it, if you will, in a weird sense. So I always like to recommend to make sure you are drinking water in the morning prior to your caffeine. And I actually read a research study on this too. Um, it's actually most helpful to drink your first caffeinated beverage at around 10 a.m. And the reason for that is because most of us will get a natural spike in cortisol first thing in the morning. That is what gets you out of bed. That's what gets you moving. That's why you're able to like wake up out of your sleep. It's good. We need that spike. But that spike does come back down and it gradually decreases throughout the day as then your melatonin starts to rise towards the end of the night and you get to go to sleep again. You want to play into those peaks and spikes and valleys and things like that. So your cortisol, when it starts to come back down, usually around 10 a.m., 10.30 for most people, drinking your morning coffee then will actually allow you to feel awake from it versus drinking it when your cortisol is already up first thing in the morning. You're kind of like already adding fuel to a fire. Like the fire's already lit. Like we're good. Let the fire, let the fire go. When the fire starts to burn out a little bit, have your cup of coffee, have your energy drink, have your pre-workout or whatever it may be. So how much caffeine is too much caffeine? Around 400 milligrams. Um, the pre-workout that I use when I use it, and I don't use it too frequently, has about 150 milligrams. Um, and the reason I like that one too is because it's not just for the gym. Um, it has different like things in it that allow me to just focus and you know feel good and feel energized. So if I have like a really busy work day, I can just sip on that and like not feel like I have to run to the gym because my face is itching off. So that's also like, I'll use that for the day instead of a cup of coffee. Cause I don't really like to double up too much because your girl's hands will be shaking, but that's kind of a general rule of thumb for caffeine. Know yourself as well. And if you're experiencing some of those negative symptoms and you're trying to band-aid them, I can't sleep at night. So I take melatonin. 
Okay. Then it knocks you out at night. And then you wake up in the morning and you instantly grabbing caffeine, you're instantly grabbing coffee, you're instantly doing this, but then you can't sleep at night. So you do more melatonin. Like if you're band-aiding things, dial it back a little bit. Last but certainly not least, we've got question number three. What's your current workout split and macros? And if you know anything about me and you've listened to the show before, I will not share my current macros. We'll get into that for in, in a second here. So we'll dive into the workout split first. My current workout split and the timing on this was impeccable because I did just change things up like this week. This will be the first week of me actually going through this split. So I'm very, very excited to just have a little bit of newness to my workouts. I was going through a bit of a rut and when I say a bit of, I mean a really fucking big one for the last about month or two, just being as busy as I've been on the go, as tired as I've been traveling a ton. I just, to get to the gym was like, oh my, like I would rather do anything in the world, but go right now. So on the days that I did force myself to go, it was a shitty workout. It was definitely half-assed. I still did pretty good leg days. Cause like I do get fired up for those, but like my upper body days were a snooze fest and it just, it wasn't great. So now that I'm back in my routine, checking out some new gyms, trying to get a little bit of motivation up and running again, a new workout split. I think we're going to be good to go. So my current split, as in this week current, um, is going to look something like the following. Uh, and I always just write things out day one, day two, day three. I don't really tie a certain workout to like a Monday, you know, Tuesday, I have to hit light day. Like I'll write up what I need to get done for the week. And if I have to adjust rest days, so be it. If I'm really fucking sore for legs and I have legs planned for a Friday, like I'm going to move that workout a thousand percent. So my split currently subject to change day one is back and shoulders. Uh, day two is going to be more of like an active rest day, probably get outside. Uh, I live in a city now. So the amount of steps that I get in is astronomically higher than it's ever been. So that day will be more just exploring the city, walking around, uh, getting a good, you know, solid. I, I like to go on a morning walk. so like an extended morning walk. Maybe, maybe do some abs. Maybe I haven't done an ab specific workout in quite some time. So maybe adding that in for like an active rest day for day two. Day three is a full leg day, meaning I will be hitting quads, glutes, hamstrings all together, not necessarily one focus or the other, but just a full leg day, uh, followed by another active rest day and followed by a push day, meaning chest, shoulders, and triceps. And then last but not least, a full posterior chain day, meaning the backside. So your posterior chain is your, your glutes, your hamstrings, your calves, and then your back as well, kind of the whole, the whole backside. So for me right now, it's going to be four lifting days and then two active rest days, one full rest day. And I will always put my full rest day on a Sunday. That is pretty much the only day that I don't fuck around with moving because I just, I love it. I need a reset on a Sunday. Sunday's my hangout day. Sunday's my go to the grocery store day, you name it. So four lifts, two active rest days, one full rest day. And that's actually a little bit less than I have done in the past. Usually I'm a five lift a week kind of gal, uh, but just being, you know, where I'm at right now with my gut healing journey, with my body, with how fatigued I've been, like we're going to hit four workouts. We're going to give it 150% for those four and I'll be good to go right? If I pick up some stamina, I pick up some momentum and I want to kind of get in another fifth one, just based on how I'm feeling with this split, I may add it in, but really there's not going to be a need to, if I'm pushing to the extent that I want to be pushing to in these four lifts right now. So that's currently where I'm at. Um, I always, always, always like to do two leg days. I really ever rarely, if ever recommend doing more than two, just from a recovery standpoint, if anyone out there wants to grow their legs, they want bigger quads, they want nice glutes, they want good hammies. Your body needs to rest just as much, if not more as it's working. So getting in three leg days, Monday, Wednesday, Friday, like when are you resting? 
when are you recovering? There's no way you crush legs on Monday by Wednesday that those muscles are recovered enough to be able to benefit from hitting them again. So I always like to do no more than two leg days a week and really give it 100% for those so I have an adequate amount of rest between. Um, and then two back days always because your girl has a horrible posture and my shoulders roll forward and I just very naturally hunched in. So I need my back to be nice and pulled back, hence the back and shoulders day on day one and then hitting it a little bit again for the end of the week in that posterior chain day. So that's my current workout split. I'm only a few days into it right now. So far, loving it. So far, so good. We shall see as far as future weeks go. And I'll keep this split for a good a good chunk of time. People always ask me how long I keep my workout split for. It really depends. If I'm feeling good and I'm liking it, six, eight plus weeks. Uh, if I want to change things up or maneuver some things around, I'll keep like the compound movements the same for a leg day, but change up the accessories a little bit. Um, but that's currently where I am at as far as workouts go. And then the active rest days, Right now, I'm aiming for around like 10 to 12K steps a day. Like I said, I've been blowing that out of the park being in the new location that I'm in. So it, it, that's really a no-brainer. But I just like to make sure that I'm moving uh, during those days. Now, as far as macros go, I do not ever share my macros um, because there is no need to. It does not matter how many grams of protein I eat or how many grams of carbs I consume or what my calories are at because no matter what I do, if you do the exact same, it will not yield the same result. You may look better. You may look great. You may feel even, I don't know, or it could go the opposite, right? And there is no sense in copying anybody's protocols in that regard because it is set specifically for that individual. So if you ate 200 grams of protein and you've looked and felt the best you ever had, your legs look better than you ever had, you're stronger than you ever had, and I tried to eat 200 grams of protein, I think I would throw up. Like, I don't think I would be able to stick to it for more than like three days. So nobody's macros are for everybody. So I never currently, like I don't really share mine personally. Um, and especially right now being on the gut protocols that I'm on my macros and food intake as a whole is so incredibly skewed from where it would be if I wasn't doing all of this for my stomach. So it's like, why in the world would I even bother sharing that information? Because it's not, it's not me. It's not my, it's not even in my say or in my control right now. It's a lot about making sure that the, calories, the macros, the foods, the timing, the everything is geared towards killing off the bacteria in my stomach and then now currently rebuilding the bacteria in my stomach. So that's kind of where I'm at right now. I wanted to give you guys a little bit of an update too because it's been it's been a minute and honestly there hasn't been much to update on, but these past few weeks things have been really fucking good. Really really good. Protocols have been awesome. I've been you guys know me like discipline queen the quicker I can do this and be perfect with it, the quicker hopefully I can be done. So I'm like, I'm going to do it 100%. Um, but things have been really good. I've been feeling better. Uh, stomach bloating wise has been way better. I just spent the last week in New Jersey with my family on vacation. And I said to my coach, I'm like, this is the best I have felt in a bathing suit in over a year. Because it was during that same Jersey trip the year prior to when things were starting to get a little funky. And like from that point on, I never really felt good. And then that whole past last week, things felt so freaking, I just felt comfortable. I didn't feel like I was, you know, having to continuously like cover my stomach or feel like I have to like suck in or, and, I mean, you guys are going to go look at pictures on social media and be like, what are you talking about? You look shredded. Like 
social media is a highlight reel. Social media is social media, right? I don't post things that I feel incredibly uncomfortable in for that exact reason. And trust me when I say there are more days than not where I'm incredibly uncomfortable. So with all of that good biofeedback and positive feedback from my body, we did start kind of transitioning into what we like to call a rebuild phase, meaning that now that I've killed off everything in my stomach, we are starting to rebuild the good bacteria that your stomach needs in order to be able to digest and break down foods and, you know, handle in, in your immune system, all that is located in your gut. Um, so since that has started, I hate to say it, things have not been so great and I'm giving it its time. I'm hoping that, you know, it's just a little bit of a transitional phase here. Cause it's only been about a week of making these adjustments and my stomach may just be like, Whoa, like what, what's going on here? Because some different foods got added in. We switched up some supplements, uh, macros changed a little bit. So I'm hoping it is just a bit of an adjustment period, which is to be expected, but, uh, fingers crossed, I get back to how I was feeling about a week and a half ago. And it begs the question as well, if I felt that good a week and a half ago, why not just stay there? And the reason I will not stay there is because my calories, my carbs, my food, my protocols in general were way too restricted. People keep asking me if I, when I'm stepping on stage, which is great. I feel very lean right now. That's fantastic. That's not sustainable. So like, why not just stay there? Like, I don't want to live my life like that. That is not a healthy relationship with anything fitness wise. And sure, I look like I have abs on the beach, but to me in the grand scheme of things, that's not what's most important. I'm so interested in making sure my body can function and heal the way that it needs to. So this phase is going to be a little bit, hopefully a little bit more smooth sailing as we move forward. I will promise to keep you guys a little bit more updated, even just on Instagram and things like that too, um, as I slowly add in more foods and switch some things up and, and hope for the best as far as just no pain and no bloating and all of the yuckiness that I've been dealing with for quite some time now. And as I said at the start of the show, if anyone has any questions as far as even just follow-ups from what I had mentioned here for protein supplements, for caffeine intake, for a gut health journey, if you have further questions, please do not hesitate to reach out. I always absolutely love hearing from you guys, whether that's a DM on Instagram. I will shoot my email in the description as well. If you guys want to send me over an email and just kind of pick my brain, I want to be able to help any way that I can. And a lot of these things are, are situations that I've dealt with very personally and had to learn and grow through. So let me help me help you if you will. But hopefully you learned a lot from today's Q&A. If you want to submit a question, I'm happy to do that for future episodes as well. And thank you as always for tuning in to the MRP.